I know I didn't when I first started getting into spiritual teachings and meditation. I didn't even realize that the voice inside my head wasn't supposed to be there. We, we get so used to it. And when you're surrounded by people who also do the exact same thing, it then becomes normal to hear a voice inside your head telling you what to do. But it's not normal. In fact, it is very far from normal. I mean, if um, to give an example, uh, this is from uh, Eckhart Tolle. He gave this example. I believe it was in The Power of Now. He talked about that if um, we would see somebody, uh, you know, in public talking to themselves, yelling and screaming, you know, having an argument with somebody who's not there, we would consider that to be crazy and we would probably stay away from them. But if we, you know, catch ourselves, you know, thinking those thoughts, like hearing that voice in our head, and at one point you start talking to yourself because you're going over, you're analyzing something, you're not really much different than that person who's (laughs) screaming and yelling in public. You know, we all have that same capacity to become that. And this is not normal. And the fact that you would walk away from it would say that it's not something that you would consider to be normal. So for that reason, having that false mental chatter inside your head that is telling you horrible things and uh, creating these worst case scenarios that are causing you stress when they've actually haven't happened in reality, this is not normal. So once I came to that determination and I realized that, then my goal after that was to try and push that voice away. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But let's start with that idea of the false mental chatter and the false reality that it creates. Because, and you can kind of look out at examples in the world, you know, watch TV shows and movies where people are struggling with their, uh, their fears and their worries and what might happen in the future if they have a lot of stress. And you can see that most of what they're creating is, is in the mind, that they're seeing a worst-case scenario that might happen down the road, whether it's born of fear, whether it's born of paranoia uh, or anger, but it actually hasn't happened to them yet. And for some reason, this um, false reality has seeped into every single area of life i mean just go on social media if you want to see that you know he's like these people are wrong because what they're doing is eventually gonna uh, kill everyone and that's the statement as if it's already happened and the anger behind it is as if it already happened but it hasn't none of this has come to reality so this is when fear kind of takes over and then the mental chatter gets worse but below that the natural way of living below the mental chatter is calm. Now, I'd, I'd watched uh, just recently, uh, if you guys are familiar with uh, Masterclass, it's a website. These are the best of the best in each of their fields. And they come on this site to, you know, talk about what they do and to train others. And I watched there was a uh, Masterclass as a guy who does meditation teachings. He goes around even to prisons. For prisoners, which I think is uh, wonderful uh, to kind of, you know, bring peace to people who obviously have that mental chatter has gone out of control. But there's a guy named um, uh, John Kabat-Zinn, and he gave a wonderful analogy. 
And I've always had that ocean analogy. I, I love it. The idea that reality and the energy around you is like an ocean. And the more you struggle, the more waves you will cause. But I always kept it on the surface. And I never really thought of the underneath. And he, he mentioned the underneath. So he said that thoughts are like waves. So that no matter how much storm of waves is going on around you in this ocean, that if you go below the surface of the ocean, that it's always calm. And that is amazing analogy because the mental chatter is on top, but it's not something that we can technically stop. And if that's one thing I've learned, uh, I don't know, Buddhists, they talk a little bit about that, but I think even uh, Buddhists, monks and nuns who do this all the time and do meditation sessions for hours on end, they can still fight with that mental chatter. Unless you're living in a forest, maybe you have a better chance. But if you're inside of a city, like most of us are, you're going to fight with that mental chatter. So the idea that he, that Zinn brought forward of having the calm ocean underneath the waves is perfect because it gives that idea to say, hey, there's going to be times that your mental chatter is going to cause those waves, that there's basically a storm around you, but you can know that the storm will pass because what's underneath is always calm. So you can keep yourself calm and just let that storm play out in your head, just accept the fact that it's there, and then eventually it'll pass. So this comes down to that point of it's just easier if we don't fight. Because fighting it is going to cause even more problems. Fighting it is going to create the higher and the higher waves that are going to be harder to kind of ignore and just let pass. So the key, in my mind is that silence and acceptance seem to be the most important factors. So the silence is these uh, long periods of time that you can create through, you know, focus, exercise, and meditation. Then, uh, you know, just practice in everyday life. And the periods of silence can get longer and longer and longer the more you build your attention span. And that's less time for that mental chatter to come in and tell you what to do. So the longer you can make the silence, the better and more calm your life around you will be. And especially if you're training yourself in those moments when, you know, the, the very stressful things are coming at you or stressful people are coming at you. And you can train yourself in those moments to keep your mind silent in, in stressful times. Then what happens is uh, you'll find that it will create a habit in the brain so that the next time that uh, this stressful thing comes at you that's similar to the first one, you're going to realize that you're not going to react to it as stressfully. And the more it happens, you know, the more you control yourself, the less and less it will affect you until eventually you'll see it for what it is. It's just, um, you know, something that's uh, stressful in the moment, something that you might be overblowing in your mind that really isn't that stressful at all, uh, you know, you'll start to react to it with that complete attention and silence. Now, it's not the easiest thing in the world these days to be able to extend your attention span, 
especially if you're younger. Because me, I grew up uh, kind of in a time before the internet was big. I actually grew up when the internet wasn't around. It wasn't until I was about uh, 17, 18, 19 years old before the internet was even uh, became more mainstream. It wasn't just news groups. Uh, But now, I mean, with the younger generation who are growing up surrounded by YouTube, surrounded by TikTok, and they have these videos that are very quick and, uh, you know, there's uh, not a lot of silence. Uh, You know, the things that are happening in front of them have to be extreme and in the moment to keep their attention. And they, they, they go by really quick and there's not really much attention that's needed. This seems to be the overall entertainment that a lot of younger people are getting. So what this is doing is it's creating a lower and lower attention span. So that's something like, uh, you know, you have YouTube where you can have videos on there that are 10, 20 minutes long, which is still pretty short. But then you can have TikTok now, which is gaining more and more popularity at the time of me recording this, where the videos are only like a minute long. I don't know if the limit was a minute or not, but I remember Vine was like that too. So the fact that we have this this thing that's only a minute long, you have people that want to get their information through minute-long videos and or like their entertainment through this uh, is just a telltale sign of the fact that the attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. So by you kind of extending your attention span, especially if in your younger generation, it's almost like you're giving yourself a superpower. I mean, seriously, if you think about it, uh, the fact that you can keep your mind silent and feel into the bliss of the moment, even if nothing is going on in front of you, you're still content. And you can sit that way for an hour or two hours on end. You're going to find that other aspects of your life improve, that you are uh, also more drawn to, that people will feel that calm in you because it's not so uh, widely accepted in society. You're not going to see a lot of people who can do this, that you are going to look like you know something that they don't. So it really is kind of like a superpower when you think about it. Now, accepting the moment is a part of it too. So you can extend that silence, extend your uh, attention span, which will help you stay calm in really stressful situations that used to bother you before. But by accepting the moment on top of that, you can also um, change the way you react to it. So you are calmer, but then the acceptance will tell you, okay, there's, there's nothing bad about this. Your subconscious won't react to it the way that it reacted before in a really uh, highly charged emotional way. And by accepting it, it's like, okay, this is happening right now. I'm okay with this happening right now. Then you know that the, um, you, you're like telling your subconscious that the worst case scenario you're creating that is not reality is never going to be as bad as we think that eventually that this, uh, terrible thing or, you know, stressful thing that's happening to you will pass. And that you'll be able to return to whatever passions you're trying to pursue in your life. And if it's related to your passion, that there's a time where you're kind of feeling lower self-esteem. Something happened with it. You got some critical advice back or a critical review and you're not happy about it. This is a perfect time to have that acceptance, to create that silence in your mind 
so that um, you don't start thinking, oh, you know, it's not what I'm meant to do. And or you start to feel demotivated and just give up on it and go smoke weed or whatever. Uh, instead, you're you, you can stay in that moment and accept that it's just one person's opinion, that it's just what's happening right now and that eventually it'll pass. So coming back to that same idea of the waves and the storm, you can accept that there's a storm going on around you and that you can stay put. And the storm might sway you to the left or sway you to the right or push you back at one point or push you forward at another. And you can just, you know, correct yourself and say, okay, that's that person's opinion. That's that person, you know, being fearful or angry. Um, you know, you can accept the situation as much as the people around you for being just who they are or just what they are. And you can just stay firm to what you know is right because you feel that excitement that I've talked about in the past. You feel that excitement for the passion you're doing and the world is, is guiding you forward. So it's telling you this is the right path that you're taking so that no matter how much around you is pushing against you, you have that confidence that you're going in the right direction. So acceptance is the best way to do that. Uh, the stoic principle that I love so much of not being able to control others' actions is a good way of accepting. Uh, you have no control over what people think about you, what people say about your works, that you only have control about what you do. If, if you're not getting the reaction to your works that you want, you can't tell people to you know have a better reaction Instead, you can then realize, okay, what did I do wrong? You get you get critics telling you you're not doing a good job. You know, read between the lines, see what they didn't like about what you did, and you can learn from this and then change how you do it. And then the next thing that you put out in relation to your passion will be even better than the first one. And then maybe the you know, critics that didn't like you before will like you then because you did what they wanted to do. But as long as it feels right for you, because no matter what a critic says, whatever advice they give, if in the back of your mind you're like, um, I'm only doing it because they told me to, and every step of the way you're like, this sucks and I hate it, then that's not the right way to go. You need to feel that uh, excitement and that passion down in your soul with every step that you're taking forward. And then if the moment, if your life, I mean, is not in the best situation that you want it to be, then know that that will pass. I mean, I've had times where I've gone weeks, sometimes even a couple months, where I'm just in a funk. I don't uh, feel like working on my passions. Um, you know, I'm not putting the same kind of heart into my business that I've done before. And whatever caused it, you know, I can meditate on that and eventually realize what was the original cause of it. And then that kind of changes everything with me. So meditation can help me get back to a good point. But I don't really care how long it takes because as long as, uh, you know, my uh, monetary providers are still working for me, uh, that I'm, you know, not hard up for cash or anything, then there really isn't a time period on that because unfortunately living in a monetary world, we do have that pressure put on us. But as long as those are in place, you know, you're beneath your means, you're not, you know, have forced to try and make a ton of money you can kind of let things play out as they need to. So I can take those few weeks, I can take those months, and then always, every single time that I've gone through that funk, 
I've eventually pulled out of it and then I've come back with even higher level knowledge because I fought against the funk. No, sorry, wrong term. I didn't fight against the funk, but I, I flowed with it. So it led me to new learnings. It led me to critiques. It led me to things I could do differently. It made me reevaluate and, and ask myself, okay, what can I do to fix this? And then ideas would pop in my head and I would do those. So when I finally came out of my funk, I'm like, I'm a better person now than I did going into it. So if you look at it that way, then this is kind of how, you know, reality functions. Because going into these funks seems to be the most important uh, method of pushing you forward, getting you to the next step in your journey to mastery and uh, your journey to being able to do your passions for a living. I have an example here. Uh, it's only for my, it's, it's my own uh, thoughts that uh, I thought I'd take this as an example. It's uh, very laid back, but I, I, I wanted to talk about Nicolas Cage. Now, I know he's a very polarizing character. People either love him or hate him. I personally love him. So I've been following his life trajectory. <laughs> and, you know, back in the day when he was doing, uh, you know, Oscar-worthy movies, I, I think he won an Oscar, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, that he was fine back then. But then, I don't know if you know, but he got in trouble with uh, taxes. He didn't pay his taxes for many years. And then all of a sudden, the government's like, hey... Nicholas Cage, you haven't paid your taxes. Here's a bill for thousands and thousands of dollars. And he had no choice. I mean, he didn't. He he could, he could go bankrupt. He could go a lot, a lot of the way of um, uh, polarizing actors who like, you know, just give up and fade into the darkness, and you know, uh, have that terrible mix. Like having fame with money in in society is good. I, I'd rather have I'd rather not have either of those uh, a lot of money and a lot of fame but you can have fame and money and be good but if you have um, fame without money that is the worst way to live because you're going to get recognized but you're going to get recognized in a very negative way so people will put their gossips on you people will push their karma towards you I mean you, you can react in a very uh, powerfully calm way and you'd be okay, but most people, I mean, they, they get overwhelmed by this. So Nicolas Cage, you know, he's not, he's not like that, though, because he had all these issues and these, these huge bills that he couldn't afford. So what did he do? He did what he loved. He kept acting. He doesn't seem to have an ego, which is, is quite cool. Uh, he does movies that suck. He did tons of uh, B-list movies just to make money to eventually pay off his taxes and every now and then he'd get into a, a great movie he'd do a, a supporting role in a in a you know a very high-end movie and then he would disappear and do the b movies again and it seems to be that more more recently not too long ago that things have finally started to turn for him i don't know was it like a decade that he was having his issues and now all of a sudden he has movies in like the top uh, there was a movie called Pig that was recently uh, released that I'm sure he could get even nods for awards. Uh, his performance in it was spectacular, and the movie was very well accepted. And he's starting to do these movies that are uh, getting noticed by critics and noticed by the people again. Eventually, he's going to pull completely out of this. I don't know if he's paid off his tax issues. I'm going to assume he has. So, I mean, overall, this is a habit worth gaining. 
Because by having that silence and having that acceptance and being able to stop that mental chatter, that you now have this ability to have intense focus, that you can feel calmed in the worst parts of life, and that you can enjoy everything with a deeper awareness and bliss. This is um, an amazing feeling to know that a lot of the people around you don't have this ability, that they will be drawn to you because of it, that when you talk to folks, they'll feel your calm. You might get things said to you like, uh, you know, you're a very positive person, uh, you're not judgmental, uh, people might tell you that they, they love your energy, uh, you have very calm eyes, you know, they, they'll say these things that help them understand in the sense of reality without really knowing what's going on underneath. And then you might have even those couple moments where people are going through very difficult times in their lives. And then they'll see you acting calm like that. And they'll be like, oh, please tell me, share with me how you're doing this. And those are the moments that you can live for because you've now helped somebody else live a better life. You, you, you don't need to offer up these abilities unless they ask. I always say never force your, uh, your thoughts and your way of life on other people. But if they ask you, you can tell them. And if they ask you, then they're really going to want to know. At that point, you've created this amazing amount of karma for yourself that you now are helping others. This is a type of charity that really matters, that doesn't have all the politics behind it. And hopefully they'll live a better life because of it. So my final thoughts for this episode here is uh, the idea that we need to fight the gossipy side of ourselves. I don't know if you have this as well. I know a majority of people in the world, if you're on Twitter, if you're on YouTube, that uh, you know a lot of people have picked a side, whatever side that might be. There's so many sides. It's not just two sides anymore. There's like a million sides. And you pick a side and you're like, this is what I believe. And anybody else who doesn't believe what I believe is wrong and I'm right. And this is how many people, there's like this division, which I think is manufactured, but that's another story. Um we need to fight that side of ourselves because it was like when I go on YouTube, I even feel it today. Like I can watch a spiritual video featuring a Buddhist monk and be calm during it and, and learn during it. Or there's like another one that says, uh, you know, here's what this politician did again. Oh, this politician is coming after your rights and, and so on and so forth. And for some reason, I always feel more excited about clicking on the one, the politician, than I will about wanting to click on the one with the the Buddhist monk. And I, it really should be the other way around. I mean, there's a lot of great videos that show like cities and stuff and history that I love that are not uh, polarized or political, but you still get drawn into it, don't you? Because I, I really don't know. I really don't 100. I'm sure that people have their opinions on this. But I really don't know 100% why. Because maybe the doom and gloom and the whole everything's going to change and the end of the world has a draw to it for us. I've never really meditated on it, never really thought it through. I'm not sure if I ever will. But what this is really doing is it's creating this, this view of suffering of others. And that gossip behind the suffering of others seems for some reason in evolution in our brains has a dopamine effect to it and I don't get it so maybe it's because we've gotten so used to it over our lives maybe there's people out there listening to me right now who are saying I don't have that problem 
so I'm 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 alone on this one, or you know I'm I'm part of a group that uh, isn't so, so common that uh, maybe I was raised with it, and it's just stuck. So maybe I got to create a new habit. But whatever it is, I always say to fight that side. Yeah, I mean you can watch them. I'll watch them, the polarized videos, and what I'll do as a as a mental exercise is I'll always ask myself during is like, uh, can I see the view of the opposite side? So the side that I might not agree with on everything, can I see the reason why they believe what they believe? And this creates empathy uh, inside of me. And then usually what happens is I'll start to see the person doing the video or the podcast or whatever as being very over the top. So originally I was like, I agree with them. They seem to be no nonsense. But then when I start to see the other side of it, I realize, okay, no, this person really is just trying to push an agenda on on their people or you know their people want the agenda so he sees what gets him views and that's he or she that's what they they chase after whatever it is and whatever causes us to want it this is something that i think needs to be fought so i've I've, i do have the habit of trying to stay away from mainstream news sources because i know a lot of that is just propaganda and i don't want to be pulled into that but then I try also try and learn the not so mainstream sources is like which ones give both sides of you and, you know, which ones are the uh, least angry and the least um, emotional when they're pushing their thoughts on you, the least opinionated. You know, I, I just want it to be reported to me with as little opinion as possible. Or you can just cut it completely and just watch, you know, Buddhist monks and uh you know history and and uh videos about beauty and such okay that's it for now everyone Uh, i just want you to know this is going to be the last podcast for a while i'm going to be stepping back for a time uh the reason for this is i i need to feel into this new part of my life I, i don't think i'm ready for it yet i still feel some uh tension when i'm doing these podcast shows I hope people are getting something from it, but it just it, it doesn't feel 100% like it's my passion yet. And I think the reason why is because um, the world seems to be pushing me into writing and the podcast uh, is fun for me, but it's not uh, ready for the powerfully calm universe that I'm creating uh, that I need to take a little more time to to build the audience around it. Uh, and then maybe come back to the podcast later on where I've also given myself more knowledge that I can then pass on to others and feel very confident about it. Whatever it is, it just doesn't feel right. I know there's a better form of it uh, down the road. So this will be the last one for a while. Uh, but if you like the podcast uh, or the website and have any suggestions, I would love to hear from you. Uh, the email address that you can send to is uh, hello. H-E-L-L-O at PowerfullyCalm.com. And uh, yeah, anything. Uh, shoot me an email. Tell me how you're doing. Let me know what you think of the podcast and the, the articles. So I'm going to continue to write articles. The ones on the website aren't that great yet, but I'm going to start uh, perfecting those, making them better. And as well, uh, if you don't know, I have a, a, there's a Twitter account, uh, Powerfully Calm Twitter account that I'll be putting daily quotes on. So you can join up for that. But again, the podcast will be gone for a bit. I don't know when I'll bring it back. But, um, you know, maybe a few months down the road, you'll hear from me again. Thanks for all your support up to this point, everyone. And I wish you all the best.